everybody. You're listening to Kick It With Kitty, which is a segment of the ATX Metal Podcast. And I'm super excited to be here today. I get to speak with so many of my favorite Texas musicians being a host on this podcast, but there's somebody here today that is one of my favorite people, one of my favorite vocalists out there. So without further ado, could you please introduce yourself? Oh, you're too kind, Kitty. You're too kind. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for having me. My name is TJ. I am uh, the vocalist of uh, several bands, past and present. I was uh, most recently the vocalist of the band Forebode. You might have heard me on a new track by my friend Michael Anstis and his band Hipfire. Uh, and yeah, just ready to hang out and chat. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I know I had told you before that there's so many things I want to ask you. I'm trying not to go all over the place. So I guess I'll start with my customary first question, which is what have you been up to lately? You mentioned Hip Fire and Michael Anstis is from Hinayana and he plays keyboards in that band. But interestingly enough, he's exploring his very like brutal, raw, death metal, like D-beat, you know, grind side in this project. So how did this collaboration come about? Well, it came about just because back in the early days of Forebode, I think our second show, we uh, played with Hinayana. You know, I think everybody's probably got their best buddy bands, no matter what genre they are. I think Hinayana kind of became that band for us early on. We opened for them, had checked us out, I guess, maybe before we played because Eric bought our very first shirt we ever sold. But they just became really good friends of ours. Um, Michael, I think, had just joined the band on keyboards, and he actually didn't play that show, but I met him, you know, around that time. Yeah, we've just been friends with them ever since, you know, that show, and always been talking with Michael about doing some sort of project, especially the past, you know, six months. We originally had talked about starting our own project together, going to be called Minefield, and I think... It was just that I was too busy at the time and still am pretty busy, you know, with work and whatever and figuring out exactly what I want to do musically. But uh, he decided to go ahead and do it solo called Hip Fire. I was like, hell yeah, man, because all the songs he sent me were, like you said, they're brutal as hell. Like I I, I, I was uh, very surprised and, and it, well, I wasn't surprised, but I was surprised at just how good it sounded and just how fun it was. I mean, that's the whole reason I wanted to do it because it was, a really fun idea. Yeah, we ended up doing the song in his bedroom and I recorded the vocals in his closet. And yeah, that's the uh, the song you hear today, The Pattern, live now on Spotify. That's my NPR voice. There you go. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> and I was going to say it makes so much sense because both Hinayana and Forbode were both bands that I've always felt very comfortable around y'all as people both groups are very welcoming and kind and I just have a great time with y'all. So the friendship and the brotherhood totally makes sense. We're just all the same people as everybody else. We just like to play heavy music together. You know, it's easy to make friends that way. I love that. And going off of that, I just want to say that you TJ are one of the biggest champions of Texas metal, Texas, hardcore, all sorts of heavy music from the Lone Star State. You're always doing the legwork. You're out in the community. You're representing all of those bands. And 
I just wanted to go back to forebode, if you don't mind. I know you said forebode doesn't really exist anymore, right? At this moment in time, the answer to that question is no. Um, but it is not ruled out as of yet that it may not come back in some sort of capacity. I uh, guess you hear it first, but I have been talking to Eddie, our old guitar player who lives in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana now. And um, we're talking about trying to figure out some sort of way to get it to uh, work long distance. And um, it might happen. Who knows? But uh, I mean, you'll know when we know. So, so y'all can't see me, but I'm crossing my fingers, but also doing my celebration. <laughs> I can confirm that is what's happening. So what I wanted to say, which again, I'm kind of stepping all over myself because I'm just so excited to pick TJ's brain about everything was TJ, to me, you're a really interesting front person and musician because Right. You were in Forbode. That's where I met you. A lot of people would build Forbode as a sludge band, but there's like extreme metal elements. Like you can tell that y'all love death metal. You love hardcore and all sorts of heavy music synthesized. And you pay um, homage to so many Texas greats. You can't see, but he's wearing a power trip hat right now. So Texas I, forever, baby. Um, <laughs> you know, we're doing this interview at this point where it's kind of a hiatus for forebode but i just wanted to ask how that kind of meshing of influences came together like did y'all set out to do that or was it just something that happened organically or by happy accident i think one of the most special things about that band to me you know the nucleus was all there to create heavy music we just kind of didn't know what we were going to do going into it. I mean, I can go back to the very beginning when I met Garamo and we started talking about doing a band at that time, I was really into this band called Yesu, which is uh, Justin Broderick of God flesh. That's his kind of side project. And it's super doomy, but also kind of shoegazy. It has some, some elements of, you know, industrial metal, like with, like God flesh has. And originally that was kind of, you know, where we had talked about going in the very beginning. At that time, I was not really listening to a whole lot of metal. Like I hadn't been in a band for seven years. And the last band I was in before that was funny enough, a pop punk band. So I was very far in my mind from the heavy music that I grew up listening to and that I started playing when I was 15. But I knew all the classics that I still had, you know, held close in my heart. Bands like Lamb of God, Demo Borgir, Children of Bodom, Devil Driver, other things like Dark Throne, Emperor, stuff like that. And that was kind of where I came from in this band, just because it wasn't really, it was, you know, when you talk about a band you want to start with people you've never played with before, you kind of adjust in a way on your own without really having to, because you hear the other players play and you kind of just all adapt and adjust to each other. So, you know, Guillermo was the guy who came in talking a lot about bands like Indian, I hate God, stuff like that. Eddie, we actually met Eddie at a, at a uh, Conan show and Eddie's kind of same lane with, with Guillermo, big, I hate God fan, biggest Pantera fan in the world. That's where you hear a lot of that in his guitar playing. And then Zach's kind of like me. He's kind of all over the place. He likes a lot of stuff, a lot of death metal, metalcore, 
deathcore. Doesn't really matter what it is. If it's heavy, he likes it. And he's never compromised that in his life. He just is like, I like this and I like that. And who cares? Like that's how Zach is. And I love that about him. But yeah, I mean, all that to say, there wasn't really a plan. I think every single song that we wrote just kind of happened naturally. And, and I've kind of come to terms with the fact that, you know, that's not something that can last forever anyways. You know, that, that can be really hard and people start to want to go one direction. I specifically wanted to go um, kind of more in the direction of hardcore punk with our sound going forward. And I don't know if everybody felt the same way and things like that. And but that's, I mean, that's kind of a brief overview of, of how it all came together. A brief, I talked forever. What am I talking about? <laughs> I mean, that's why you're on the podcast. We want to hear what you have to say. I'm not here. I appreciate that. That's cool. And embarrass you, but I do think you're a local legend. So talk away. I think one thing that I really like about you specifically as a musician too, is like your stage presence. I know a lot of vocalists run around like a little chicken with their head cut off and like to head bang and act a fool but <laughs> uh napalm death singer maybe Nap- the barney greenway he does that he, did, he looks like he's trying to swap bees while he's on stage the whole time i think it's fun i mean i'm not going to argue with it i love your stage presence because you're one of the rare vocalists who stands tall um if y'all have never seen forebode you missed out because this guy had a fucking sword and leather gauntlets which was epic but that's interesting to me because you're talking about like you love hardcore punk and stuff. Uh, where did you get like that very foreboding stage presence from? Lots of places. I can tell you exactly where though. Um, first of all, I have to say as a live musician in, in when I was in search of, of how I wanted to act on stage or like what my stage presence would be, I don't think I was conscious of it, but I can recall that probably the first time I ever saw power trip, which was, um, in 2010, um, at the red seven, just seeing Riley that very first time command a stage. That's what he did. He commanded the crowd and the stage. Um, he always used a mic stand and always wore, just like outfits that maybe were not really representative of the sound of the band. I can remember like, I I don't know, it was just this random tie dye shirt he was wearing that said like Jesus black, like me. And it was like black Jesus on a cross. And I was like, dude, that shirt is just awesome. Like that. It's just, it doesn't make any sense in terms of like, uh, you know, a metal band outfit wise, but like that's kind of, I think I can recall back to that that being a big part of it. I think another part of it is one of my favorite hardcore bands growing up was this band called Warzone from New York city. And their singer rabies sadly passed away 26 years ago now, probably. Um, if you look up Warzone, you look at the images of the band, he's always wearing these like gloves, like Carhartt gloves, like work gloves that you would wear in like a shop or something. He did that because he wanted to represent the working class that his band represented, which is, you know, kind of, kind of what I, what I am as well, you know, just working class guy trying to play music. Um, so that was another, another uh, inspiration, but also bands like Iron Age and Eternal Champion, you know, Jason Tarpy, I've, I've been uh, very lucky to, to meet him and, and kind of become friends with him. He made my mic stand for me. 
Um, he's the singer of Iron Age and Eternal Champion, and he's a blacksmith. You know, he'll, he'll come out there with like a, he used to come out in Iron Age shows with like a horn and blow this, this big horn, like before they started, you know, and open up with some Skyrim music in the background or something. And I think like maybe towards the middle point of Four Boats career, I, I started to try to just dress differently and just be different and not really care what people thought. I just wanted to bring all these inspirations into one, you know, one thing that represented me and where I came from. Um, so that's, I mean, that's where I got a lot of that from. And I wish I would have had more opportunities to pull out the sword. I only got to do it at like two shows before, before the end. But, uh, for my last show, I did wear my cowboy hat and my gloves and I had my, my mic stand and, yeah, I just like to be different and, and make people like, look, you know what I mean? You kind of command attention whenever you're this dude on stage who doesn't look like he screams black metal vocals and is wearing tie-dye shirts and stuff like that. Or bucket hats, like all the silly stuff I would just wear just because whatever. You are definitely a larger than life presence on stage. And yes, ma'am. You mentioned, you know, your last show. It did kind of bum me out. I'm not going to lie. Forbo released this monster, right? The Pit of Suffering. And this was right before, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this is just like right before everything went to, you know what, in a ham basket. And I was super excited to see y'all's CD release show. There was, you know, stuff, trouble afoot. Basically what happened is that, uh, well, because we did play two shows to support the album release, one in San Antonio uh, with our good friends Left to Rot. It was their very first show. And you've probably seen them like on a bunch of bills now because Jason just knows exactly how to market his band. And exact he knows exactly the bands he wants to play with. He's got a great idea for that um, and, a, and a great attitude for it. Um, so I'm stoked to see where they've come just as a side note. And then we played Dallas and that Dallas show probably one of the best we ever got to play. It was at division brewing in Arlington, Texas, this band called Soledad played. Um, they're playing a lot of shows now. It was their first show that day. We played with our new friends, amnesia garden. Um, I became really close friends with Morgan after that show and she's kick ass and does a lot of cool flyers. And it's like, I met, I met her at the wrong time. I was like, man, I wish I would have met you to do some flyers for us back in the past. Um, but the big ones were like tribal gaze. Our first time playing with tribal gaze. I had been talking to those dudes for a long time. I heard them right when they put out their record and I was like, this band's going to blow up next. I swear I got to get to know these guys. Uh, Cause I want to be a part of the journey with them, you know? And then this band called caustic from Oklahoma city that plays thrash, just crossover thrash. It's really badass. They covered a power trip song that night. So we played that show. Those were the two shows. And then the plan was to have the final show or not the final show. We didn't know at the time it was the final show, but we planned to have the final album release show in Austin the next weekend, because we didn't want to play on a Sunday like we did for the last record and, you know, cause people to not go because they didn't want to stay out late or whatever. So we had a sick show here booked with uh, a band called pale fade. I think it was going to be one of their first shows. They're like a, dreamy kind of black gaze band. Um, they do like black metal shoe gaze type stuff. Tribal gaze was going to be on that one too. And then I somehow convinced mountain of smoke to come down and play as well. Um, I wanted the bill to be as eclectic and represent kind of all the parts of our band, even if it wasn't musically all the same, it was like, that's kind of the, 
the essence of what we wanted to do is just take all these things and mash it together. Um, but then like the day of the, the day of the show, Eric got strep throat of all things, thankfully in time for me to tell the other bands coming from out of town, not to come. And then, you know, we tried to reschedule it. It kept, uh, you know, the dates kept getting further and further out and we were just like, you know, whatever, I guess we'll just, you know, book another show later on. And then shortly after that is when everything kind of fell apart. So, well, I'm just glad you're still here with us. You know, COVID was no joke. I'm glad to see you here on the other side. Um, I do hope selfishly for a forebode reunion because I'd love to see that show. But you had mentioned a little bit earlier in our conversation, like you're kind of thinking about different things that you want to do musically. And we already talked about how you have so many different influences. Can we, can you tell us like what you're thinking about what's next? The hip fire thing that I did with Michael was kind of me coming out of my shell again, because I, I know that's like not exactly what you asked, but it is kind of relevant. You know, I hadn't done live vocal or I hadn't done any vocals since that last show in September of last year. So I had several people ask me, you know, to do guest vocals for a show or hit me up to do some stuff um, like live try out for a hardcore band and stuff like that. But I, I always just kind of like got anxiety and just kind of, you know, stepped away from it, just kind of Irish goodbye. Didn't really tell them that I wasn't going to do it. Just kind of did what I need to do. But there are some things that I still want to do. I'm actually um, talking with uh, the original guitar player of Forbode. His name was Jack Strazeri. Um, He lives like 20 minutes from my house. Um, and we've been talking about doing just a studio thing together for actually probably since the day four both started, we wanted to kind of do a little side thing together and that might actually um, happen. It's just, uh, it's been hard to find time. And then uh, I guess I can officially say like, I've been talking with Phil King about doing a band as well. Phil King from uh, Horror uh, Hor- 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 Bethlehem. And um, we're talking about doing a death metal thing. So those may still happen. I think the reason I brought up hip fire first was because that was kind of, what broke me out of my shell. So now I feel like I can maybe go do it. I just needed some time to kind of step away um, and really miss it before I wanted to go back. If that makes sense. I love all of that TJ. My heart is bursting. I mean, as you know, I have a diagnosed anxiety disorder, so I get it. I understand that you have to prioritize and take care of yourself. I also know that you have a gift and it took like the right people in the right situation to you know, ignite that love again. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just a guy who likes to, to make music. So, you know, it's, yeah, I appreciate all the, all the, all the plaudits and things. When, when, when people tell me that, I think it, it does, it really helps you want to, you know, continue going. If, if no one cared, then you probably wouldn't do it anymore. You'd probably be doing other shit. That's, not as fun or, or maybe more productive. I don't know. You might have a more productive life if you didn't want to do music, I guess. <laughs> that hurt TJ. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't so, know though. You never know. So I know don't want to keep trying to raise the dead, but my last question for you, you talked about that personal connection with other people. And while I was thinking about like reading, looking at the lyrics for the various songs, 
on the pit of suffering, I felt like a lot of them were deeply personal and I kind of felt like a connection there. But did those lyrics come maybe from real life observations and feelings? Or was it more like um, imagination or kind of a combination of both? Yes and no. I think, well, I can tell you right off the bat, the first song, The Metal Slug, um, that was a song that we had actually wrote at our first practice um, with Eddie and, and Zach on their on their tryout. Like they came in and they killed it so fast that we just wrote a song together. But it kind of fits because the whole the whole idea of that song was um, right around. This is like kind of a coincidence. Right around the time for both started is when I tried like weed for the first time, and um, like I wanted to write a song kind of about like I don't know something having to do with space and like. Basically, the song is about this, you know, so the, 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 the perspective of the song is from someone who has a lot of anxiety or maybe some sort of like, you know, social kind of personality disorder or something. And they are on this planet where it's been, you know, scorched, but they come upon this giant space slug that's like cultivating the earth with marijuana and bringing it back to before human civilization and it just grew everywhere and he he says you know don't don't be afraid to to come near me you know have a little bit of this and i'll set you free type thing you know so it kind of fit with the theme of the album which is essentially um if you listen to the pit of suffering the pit of suffering is essentially about just understanding and trying to find a way to be okay not being okay and understanding that Sometimes you're not going to be able to navigate through great pain or great suffering. The world tells you that you can movies, TV shows, you know, the news, they tell you that you're safe all the time in this bubble. Um, but that's far from true. And um, you'll never escape a pit of suffering. You can only understand that it's going to happen if you want to get out of it and come out the other side. So that's kind of the theme of the album, but just different songs that have to do with you know, themes of suffering. Um, Devil's Do kind of calls back to when I was in the church back in the day and kind of, it's kind of my song of like saying, don't, don't ever come my way again, or the devil's do like I'm the devil. I'll, I'll show you, I'll show you like true pain or whatever. And then the Bane of Hammers is just a fun one that kind of lyrically I tried to, uh, well, I tried to and, and drew inspiration from bands like Iron Age and, eternal champion where I wanted to write a song about like, you know, a quest that this guy went on because his wife passed away uh, or and was killed by this King. And he searches, he searches out this King with his giant hammers and he ends up dying in the end um, and doesn't succeed in his quest. So in a way that's kind of a tragedy has to do with suffering. So the central theme is suffering, but for the most part, the theme of the album is kind of like being okay and not being okay. At the end of Bane of Hammers, the last lyric uh, talks about how it, it doesn't matter if I failed because now I'll be in Valhalla with, with my wife. Like, I'll see you again. So it's not the end. Like, not all, not the thing that you think is the biggest end or the, the end all be all in your life really is the end. It could be a new beginning in a way. So I think that's probably the best explanation I could give about lyrically how the album is put together. That is so wise i think that's the best way to kind of end our conversation between us two because it comes back to what you said right you're starting something new there could be a new life or a new version of forebode 
what looked like the end is probably just the beginning for you. Could be. And I should say the same as well. It's a real shame that Flooded Tomb is done, but I'm sure that's not the end for you as well. So there you go. I'm making the ugly cry face, y'all. <laughs> I, TJ, I would love to pick your brain all day, every day, but that's what Facebook Messenger is for. I have <laughs> to turn you over to the fan questions. Sounds good. Because you knew they were coming. <laughs> so I guess I'll start with the most important question first from my former bandmate from Flooded Team, Rob. So he said, TJ, if you buy a combo burrito plate, like at a restaurant, should beans and rice be inside the burrito or should it be on the plate as side? You know, some questions that people ask you, you just have to think about for quite a long time. You know, um, I don't think it's we have deep. time for, I don't think we have time for that, but that's the reason why I thought of my answer right away when you just asked me. And that is both motherfucker, put them on the side and in the burrito. God damn. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is Texas. You have yeah. to. And it could be a different bean, right? Exactly. It could be, yeah, you could have, you could have, you know, refried beans inside and you could have pinto beans in, in the burrito or something, you know, or black beans, you know, doesn't oh, matter. Yes. Or oh, both. Why not? Por que los dos? Yes. yes. <laughs> that is Texas wisdom, my friends. All right. So we have a question from Eddie Forbode, past and future Forbode. He says, TJ, who was your favorite producer and why? P.S. I love you. Oh, I love you, Eddie. I'm actually going to be seeing Eddie this weekend. I'm flying up to Michigan and we're seeing Resin and Crowbar after I just saw him here in Austin. So it's going to be a good time. But uh, my favorite producer of all time. Whew, um, well, I'm not really good at knowing producers, except for there's a few. But the ones that I really pay attention to are the ones that I love the most i'd say so top of that list for me is probably arthur rizik arthur rizik uh i mean go look him up his rap sheet is crazy he just did the new creator album um but previous to that he did uh both of the power trip records uh he did the eternal champion stuff uh he was previously in a band called war hungry which is probably the band that got me into groove and sludge and doom metal in the first place even though they were a hardcore punk band um, I could talk about that band all day, but uh, he's also an amazing guitar player. He plays in Eternal Champion. He still plays in War Hungry. He plays in a band called Summerlands. Uh, he's, I got a chance to meet him whenever Eternal Champion was in town the last time at Meanwhile. And I was a little drunk and I was worried about talking to him, but he was also a little drunk. And I just came up and I was like, dude, War Hungry, man. And he was like, hell yeah, man. I appreciate you so much. So maybe one day I'll get to work with him. I think that's kind of like my dream. And it's an attainable dream too, because he records a lot of bands that uh, are friends of mine and stuff like that. So he's the guy. He's the motherfucker. Go look up Arthur Rizik. Everything he does is gold. And then I have a question from my, per my personal arch nemesis, JD from Suspiriorum. <laughs> um, he said, tell us about your love of soccer and if you compete or if you just play as a hobby. Oh, yeah. I could actually do a whole separate podcast, probably just on soccer and everything. Um, my love for soccer began in 2012, 10 years ago now. I played when I was a kid and I wanted to play in high school. 
my neighbors played in, in at my local high school and I wanted to be like them one day. But I never did. My mom remarried, married a dude from New York. He got me into lacrosse. And then I played lacrosse for a while. And in 2012, I started playing FIFA. Like a lot of people play FIFA. And my mom came upstairs one time when I was, this is when I still lived at home. And she had the best idea in the world. She was like, Hey, TJ, why don't you go play for real? They just opened, you know, uh, uh, an indoor soccer place um, in Cedar Park, um, which is right across uh, 620 in Austin from where I live. So it was really close. So I was like, ah, I'll think about it. And she was like, there's beer there. And I was like, okay, I really will think about it then. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I ended up within like a year joining a team with my brother and just playing again for the first time since I was 12. And, and I still play. Um, so for 10 years, I've been playing indoor. And for 10 years, I've been supporting my beloved Tottenham Hotspur in, in England in the Premier League. Sorry to all the Arsenal fans out there. There tends to be a lot of them. But fuck off. Um, yeah, I, 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 I love soccer so much. I could talk about it all day, but we don't have enough time for that. We could talk about it at a show, I'm sure. And if you want to talk to me about soccer, if you're listening to this, come up to me if you see me at a show. Let's talk shit. <laughs> I might take you up on that. Not that I know anything about soccer, but it's always great to see you at shows. As I said before, TJ is a champion of the local music community. So pretty much any show. I try to be the real, ch- the real champion is Tim Ledentre. Let's be honest, but I try to, I try to be, he's everybody needs a Tim. Let's be real. Every band, yes. every, there you go. Every band needs a Tim. Everybody needs a, everybody needs a, a Gravitoid in general. Those guys are the best. So. Shout out Gravitoid. I love Gravitoid. And I was going to say, um, is there anything we have just a few minutes left before I have to let you go? Um, but is there anything else that we didn't get to that you wanted to talk about? Any like shout outs? Man, shout out. Let's see. What were you going to say? Oh, well, I was going to say we can't let this podcast in and not mention that Forbode got a shout out from Frozen Soul on stage last time they were here in Austin. You've That was really cool. We were both there. I was freaking out. I texted Eddie right away. Yeah. And Undeath shouted out Left to Rot, which was pretty wild. Um, But yeah, you know, Chad is Chad is a good friend of mine. I go way back with Chad into the hardcore days back in the 2010s and stuff. So I've known him a long time and poor boat kind of started around the same time. And uh, he got his mic stand and I got mine kind of at the same time. It, it was kind of the ultimate reason that made me decide to get one. But I had to make mine different. His is his is way, way cool. Um, but my hero made mine. So um, I'm 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 happy with it. But yeah, Frozen Soul shouting us out. That was pretty crazy. I, I talked to Chad after the show. And the first thing he said to me when he came up to me, he just like grabbed my shirt. And he was like, you better get fucking for bullet back together, man. I don't care what it takes. You do what you need to do, motherfucker. And I was like, damn, Chad. That, speaking, speaking the truth, I do need to do that. We'll see if I can, you know. And, um, and he was like, I shouted you. I, did, I didn't know you were here. And I was like, that's so cool, man. You didn't even know that any of us were there. And it was just like, fucking check out Fort Bowl. That's cool. Man. Yeah. And check out Frozen Soul. Shout out Frozen Soul. Cold school death metal from Texas, baby. Shout out all the Texas bands. Every Texas band. Every single one. I don't give a fuck who you are. If you're a Texas band, I'll fuck with you. Texas forever. Texas forever. TJ forever. Forebode forever. 
I had to say it. <laughs> Forever and ever. The music lives on. Actually, I mean, you could still listen to Forebode. You know, if you're missing them live, they're still up on Bandcamp. Uh, your music is is streaming, right, on all the major platforms. So Forebode. It is, and and actually, I, I can't believe I forgot to bring it up until now. We are releasing the Pit of Suffering on vinyl. We don't have the pre-order up or anything yet. Um, as you know, it takes forever and a day to make vinyl right now. So we've been waiting since January to hear back, and I finally heard from the label that uh, should be ready in probably August or or September. So I'm sure you'll see a pre-order for that soon. That's that's kind of the last hurrah. Keep an eye out. Uh, remember, forebode is spelled F O R E E B O B O D E. So if you misspell it, you'll get a funny Instagram account. But don't do that because you yes. need you need to get the actual forebode. There's still their music is still out there. Um, obviously, you're on Spotify. On Spotify. Um, so please do check them out. Check out. Hip fire. I'm going to put all the links in the description of the show. TJ, thank you so much. I was actually going to say it too, Kitty. Um, go fi- go follow the misspelled forebode on Instagram too. I've kind of repurposed it into po- uh, posting like old practice videos and stuff. Like if you give a shit about forebode at all and, and you want to see kind of, you know, videos from our early practices and stuff, that's kind of where I've been posting some of that stuff. So it's like, if you found this on the wrong page, at least you get some history, but you should still follow the correct page. I, I like that. <laughs> That's kind of the I idea might go follow it. it then for sure. Well, TJ, thank you so much for being here. I love talking to you always. And I feel like I learned of so course. much from you even in this half hour. Yeah, I appreciate you so much for having me. And, you know, I'm, ex- I'm excited uh, to see this get put up and I'm excited for the next uh, interview after me. I listened to pretty much all of them uh i think i've missed a few but i've listened to pretty much all of them so i'm big fan and big up the atx metal podcast and big up all the metal fans in texas and fucking bang your goddamn head that doesn't bang